Hi, I'm Sahel Janasari, a migrant rights researcher and activist. I'm here to welcome you to the Qualitative Open Mic podcast. This series is about qualitative conundrums. Qualitative research always brings up a lot of questions for researchers. How many people should I talk to? How should I interpret what they say? Do themes emerge or are they actively created? At the Qualitative Applied Health Research Centre, mercifully shortened to Quark, we aim to make space for these debates and this series wants to tackle the fundamental questions that plague qualitative researchers. Today, we're very lucky to have with us Dr. Harriet Balding, who leads for health work at the Policy Institute at King's College London. Harriet, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, yes, thank you for having me. Uh, so yes, I'm, I'm Harriet Balding. I lead the health work at the Institute. We are a department with a bit of a difference. Um, we do do standard academic work, but we are very much focused on having an impact with that work. Um, so we do a range of qualitative and quant projects, um, but the overarching theme is that we want to make sure that our research gets into practice and ultimately improves people's lives. Great, thank you. So could you start off by telling us what impact means in the context of qualitative health research? Sure. This is a good question. Impact has been defined quite differently over the years. And indeed, the research excellence framework, um, which is is the system that the government uses to assess universities, does seem to to reinvent itself every seven years or so as well. Um, So it's not as simple as you might think, but at a very basic level, what we're talking about is making sure that academic research improves lives beyond universities. So essentially, it has a real-world impact in society. Interesting. So if a piece of research looked at reforming university structures, that's not the sort of impact you're interested in? No, I think that that would definitely be classed as a a real-world impact. Um, I mean... Just from an academic perspective, we're not just talking about publishing papers. So, and you know, we, we don't say that we've had impact with our research if we've published papers, but if those papers have then become translated into a real world change, and that could be within a university or it could be in broader society, then that we would say has had an impact. Great, thanks. And how do you ensure that qualitative health research has an impact? So, I mean, to me, qualitative research is one of the best ways to to have an impact because one of the main ways in which we can ensure that we have the best chance of doing that is to build relationships with the people that we're doing our project with. So this could be trusts, it could be uh, nurses, different types of practitioners, it could be community health workers, um, it could be local or national policymakers in health. But whoever you are working with, you need a good relationship with them. They need to understand your project, to buy into your project. And that is a really, really good place to start. Um, And as we know, the key to a good qualitative interview is also building up that trust, building up a good relationship. Fascinating. So does impact always have to go through someone, i.e. organisations or partners? 
Um, I think that's a really key part of it, yes. Um, one thing that, that we say when, when we're asking people to build research impact in from the start of, of, of your work is to make sure that your stakeholders are on board with the project from the start. And there will always be somebody that you need to be invested in your work, whether that's, you know, patients or the public who will ultimately, you know, be on the receiving end of, of your research or if it's an intervention or whether it's um, medical practitioners who will be using your ideas somehow in their practice, you need people to be invested in it. All right. And how do you get them invested? So I think, first of all, it's it's having a, a, a good idea. So good research at its basic level is, is more likely to have an impact because, you know, practitioners and policymakers who are very experienced will be able to see the value in that. Um, another part of it is being able to explain it in a way that is accessible to different people beyond the university. So just as when you're doing a qualitative interview, you do your, your best to make it accessible. You don't use very technical language. You make it more of a friendly conversation. And that's, that's, um, the best way to go forward with a lot of interviews like that. It's the same with organizing impact for a project. So you build up those relationships, you have friendly conversations, and you explain the research in a way that's understandable. And we have a number of different techniques that we can use to help convey what we want to do. Um, so for a standard piece of research, you'd have a participant information sheet. But if you are dealing with policymakers, um, or you just want to make them aware of the, of the work that you've been doing so far, you can do accessible policy briefs, which is a sort of one pager using um, accessible language, um, you know, making sure that it's message led. So the most important points are there at the, at the beginning for them to see. Um, so in that way, it's quite similar to a qualitative interview. Thanks for that. That actually harks back to a podcast series we did earlier on what counts as qualitative research, where we tried to learn lessons for qualitative research from other fields. So that's really appreciated. Now, my next question is on the different types of impact. So obviously you work for the Policy Institute. Is policy impact the main sort of impact you are concerned with? And is that the most important type of impact? Um, I think policy impact is much broader than people think it is, is the first thing I'd like to say. So when we think about policy impact, people often think, well, this is going to be a big national level. This is going to be a, a sort of core change in the Department of Health, or it's going to be um, a change in, in the NICE guidelines or, or, or something that, that will have a wide ranging impact on a national level. Um, but I think actually, you know, a lot of policy change happens at a very local level. It can even be within a hospital department. And in some ways that can have, um, more of a, a lasting effect on, on people's lives and experiences. So first of all, policy impact is much broader than you might think. Um, but I, I wouldn't say there's, there's, uh, there, you know, on other areas where having those sorts of impacts would be really important. It just depends on the, on your approach to your project. Um, so, so policy is one of a number of ways in which you can, you can have a good impact on people's lives. That's really useful. Because when I think of policy, I think of politicians and large scale national thinking. But you're saying that universities can have policies, NHS trusts can have policies, and policy can be quite small scale. 
Absolutely. I mean, we, we can even look at, at within staff groups, within hospital departments, you know, and in work that I've done previously in hospital trusts, I've seen different policies being developed and enacted within the same department. Um, so actually, this is where qualitative research really comes into its own to help you understand those sorts of dynamics. Because if you ask, what is the policy for this trust, you'll be told one thing. But when you actually get into the nitty gritty of how people are operating on a daily basis through your, your observations or your qualitative interviews, you start to understand that policy is a lot more complicated. Um, and therefore having impact with your research needs to understand those day-to-day experiences that people have. Thanks for that. That's really useful. But what would you say to a master's student who's doing a dissertation for whom maybe even a small-scale policy change would be quite a big thing to do? Um, So I think having impact can feel like an uphill struggle. um, But actually, if you follow those steps of really understanding from the beginning that this is ultimately about relationships. It's about understanding your participants and their needs and who their networks are and how their organisations work. If you put in that legwork from the start, then your project has a much greater chance of success. So what I would say to masters and PhD students is but before you go in and and, and do your qualitative interviews or, or observations, I would suggest getting to know your participants first, getting to know the organizations, you know, who makes the decisions in, in those particular areas, you know, who are the leaders, both, you know, locally and regionally, whatever's relevant to your project. But if you have that network in place, then those are people that are already interested in your work. So then once you've done it and you say, these are the findings. You're not just coming at them cold saying, hi, I did this research. Here's what I found. These are people that you already know. And and when you say, this is what I found, they'll say, oh, yes, I've been, I've been thinking about that, hopefully. You know, and, and then you've, you've set up, you've set them up to be interested in your work. Um, and they're, they're already invested in it. And I think that is probably one of the most important elements of having impact with your research. Thank you. So I'm a migration researcher and the field I work in is a very politically hostile one where even small scale policy changes are going to be difficult to achieve. So do you think there's a role in impact for campaigners and activists? Absolutely, yes. And and I can I can definitely see with the example that you've given and, and many other areas as well. Um even areas that you wouldn't necessarily think would be controversial. For for example, we were looking recently um, at trying to get a, a new health technology into into practice, and what we essentially want to do is to Im- improve screening practices. And and this would seem, you know, not controversial at all. But the fact is, it's still not a priority for the government, especially not at the moment when it's hard to to get anything on the radar. So yeah, at that point, you need to, to think more broadly about who your stakeholders are. So obviously, you've got government stakeholders and those sorts of decision makers. But what you want to do there is to is to widen the public's understanding of the issue and get momentum around it. So at that point, yes, there's very much a part for, for it to play for activist organisations. You know, I'd be saying, 
who can we link with? Who can get our research out there? Who would be interested in these findings? Who would be interested in campaigning on them? So yes, I'd absolutely support that. So what's some of the best examples of impact? And I know this is putting you a bit on the spot, but what's some of the best examples of impact you've seen in health research? Absolutely. I mean, King's is a community-focused university, and because of that, I'm spoiled for choice when I think about the wonderful real-world impacts that we've had. But I think the one that, that really comes to, to mind is, is King's involvement in the Ebola response in the outbreak of 2013. Um, and this is a really good example of how having your networks in place and, and really those relationships can help because at the time of the Ebola outbreak in Sierra Leone, we already had, you know, student doctors out there and staff members were already working out there. And when it became clear that there was an emergency, they were already there on the ground, ready to go. Um, and they actually, in many ways, had more success than the British government or the military in responding to the Ebola outbreak. And they did an extraordinary job out there. And they've been appropriately honoured for that since. Um, and the reason is, is because you know, un unlike the other actors involved, they were already there, they had the relationships, they had the trust, and that was a really solid basis for doing the excellent work that they did and putting the research that they were doing there into practice. Thanks for that. That's really appreciated. So I've heard the word impact bandied around a lot. I remember at the beginning of entering academia, I was in a meeting where I asked the speaker, what impact has your work had? And they answered that there has been a lot of papers published. And that reminded me of what you said and how publishing papers isn't quite the impact that you're looking for. So do you think there needs to be a culture change in academia? So this is interesting to me. A couple of years ago, I did a, a research study of my own looking at exactly this question at academics approach you know to impact and i interviewed a wide range of of pi's principal investigators from a number of different health projects and i found very different understandings of what impact is so it ranged from from pi's who said you know we really want to make a real world change with our research but you know we struggle because there's, there's not enough funding for it or we don't have the resources in in some way or another the capacity um which makes complete sense um to others who gave you know that more traditional answer that um well we have we can't have an impact with our research in until it's it's published basically if that's what we need to do we need to publish our papers and then that's that's our job done um so I, I certainly think there is a need for a culture shift, um, but it's not necessarily across the board. I think it really depends on individual departments and researchers. I think many, you know, departments and universities as a whole are really, you know, quite sophisticated in the ways that they think about impact. Um, and in, in some ways it's, it's funders really that, that need to catch up with them. Um, you know, in term, I think, you know, again, funders are, are doing better at this too. They are, um, increasingly asking researchers to talk about impact and how they're going to have it. But I, I think they could be doing more, certainly in terms of being prepared to fund the kind of activities that it can take 
to have that impact. What funders do you sort of see today who are getting to grips with impact? Well, so in in health in particular, NIHR is is the biggest National Institute of Health Research is is the biggest funder of of health research in the country, um, and I know they are very very concerned to make sure that the work that they fund has a real world impact. That's you know why the organisation exists. Um, they are an interesting example because you know they have a a, a broader term which they 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 use for this and they call it knowledge mobilization um and this you know it's something separate to disseminating findings it's you know the active steps that you take to make sure that your work gets out there so this would be your stakeholder engagement meetings your your workshops your your research events that kind of thing um and they're very much sort of focused on that in recent years um this is quite a new new but excellent development um but i think whether your funder encourages that or not it's something that you should absolutely be building into your projects from the start thanks harriet that's really appreciated so i am a qualitative health researcher using participatory methods and As part of this, my identity is challenged, I learn a lot, and I undergo some sort of personal transformation. And I'd like to think that at the end of the research, I turn out to be a slightly more decent human being. Is this the sort of impact that your work is concerned with? Um, I think that's a really good point. Actually, we don't think enough often about the impact of of research of the of the research that we do on researchers themselves. Um, and I think you know, especially for students, that's something that is very important to consider. You know, this is a learning experience for us. You learn so much from doing your your first qualitative interview. I, I think. You know, any of your listeners who've already embarked on that will will probably have had quite a memorable first experience of doing it, and then it obviously gets easier. But you really do learn from those conversations. You know, the the the, the mistakes that you make, or the you know, you learn so much more from from the interviews that don't go well for, than the ones that that do. Um, so I think in that sense, um, it can absolutely have an impact on you. But I think the other sort of angle on that is that it has an impact immediately on the people that you're interviewing as well. Um, and that's quite an important message when you're thinking about impact is that it isn't something that happens after the research is finished. It's something that happens during as well. So, you know, a good example of that, is if you're thinking about, you know, introducing, um, some kind of, of new safety check, for example, with, with one project into, um, a hospital trust. You are interviewing, um, members of the senior team at that trust about this, what their feelings might be about how it might be implemented. And those interviews aren't happening in a vacuum. Whilst you have those interviews, you're also educating the people that you're interviewing. They're necessarily learning more about the intervention and about the process. And they're also getting to know you as a representative of that research and that intervention. So that in itself um, is a kind of impact. And the terms we use for this are, you know, you can have short and medium term impacts as opposed to just sort of an ultimate long term impact. Um, 
So certainly, you know, having had a conversation like that with someone in a position to make a difference and, you know, they say, this has actually changed my opinion on this. I think this is something that could potentially be useful. That's definitely a, a you know, should be considered impact. Um, and it's arisen from part of your research interview. Thank you. So you've zoned in on another aspect of participatory research that I really value, and that's having a good process, a process that benefits your participants. So no matter what your findings, no matter what happens, at least there has been some positive impact on the people you're working with. How can you build that in to your research, whatever method you're using? So... First of all, you need to ask yourself whether that's appropriate, because in some health research, for example, like that may not be the case. And, and, you know, you don't necessarily want to be pushing your findings out there. And that's, you know, particularly true if you're, you're looking at, at new medicines, for example, is, is, is an obvious case. Um, but overall, we should always be asking ourselves, you know, what we're doing and just be aware of the, of the fact that we are both researcher and responsible for, for you know having an impact with our researchers so so bearing that in mind and making sure that we're considering our ethical principles when we go forward i think um again it comes back to making sure that you've got solid research relationships in place um that you present the research professionally but in a friendly and an accessible way um will definitely make people feel warmer towards it and you um, and that, again, is the benefit of, of doing qualitative research is that it encourages those kinds of relationships. Um, and I think the other thing as well is you're not just there to get your interview and, and leave and that's it. Um, you know, ideally, your stakeholders will be involved at multiple points during your project. So you know, even if you're only able to do one research interview with a, with a participant, Still following up with them, checking that they're, you know, what their feelings are after the interview, letting them know how the research is going and, and letting them know the findings, um, and potentially giving them an opportunity to, to comment on that as well, or perhaps to attend a research launch event. But keeping them in touch and keeping that relationship friendly, um, is, is a very good way of making it more likely that they will look favorably on what you're doing. I love that kind of seeing how impact relates to ethics. So before on this podcast, we've talked about how it's important from an ethical standpoint to follow up with your participants, to let them know what happened to the information they supplied and what changes it made. And you're saying that in order to have an impactful project, you have to do all these things as well. So Impact and ethics are intimately linked. For the final question, I would like to ask you if there's anywhere for a researcher who's interested in impact to find out more. I know this is a bit of a tricky question because impact is tailored to the circumstances of each project, but is there anywhere that someone can go to sort of get a bit more of an idea of how to make impact with their research? So what I would advise students to do, especially if you're, you're working in health, is actually go and read impact case studies. So what 
and then those can be accessed on the the REF website, the Research Excellence Framework website. And they are fascinating to read. And what you can see there is there are so many different mechanisms to have impact. And they are quite specific to different projects, as you say. Um, but reading Research Excellence Framework Impact Case Studies um, does give you a good sense of the breadth and also the kinds of, of mechanisms that, that can work. And um, we published a paper a couple of years ago on, you know, specific mechanisms and pathways to impact in, in health work and specifically public health research. And, you know, we did find a lot of diversity there, but I think some of the things that, that they have in common, um, is the capacity to do that in the first place, the capacity to, to follow up, um, making sure that you focus on those relationships, um, and that you have, you know, you develop meaningful, good working relationships and even friendships in some cases. And that can really make a difference. Um, and also just having the support of, you know, whoever it is, whether it's your supervisor or your department or your, you know, your university, making sure that you've got support to do impact work. Um, and so it's much less of a, an uphill struggle, I think is very important. Um, but yes, especially students, I would advise you to, to go and read them. Um, they're very interesting and they will give you a sense of really just feeling your own project and getting to know what will work in those particular quarters. Brilliant. That's an excellent segue into our new impact blog, which we're launching via our website, where you can read about all manner of impact case studies. So. Thank you so much, Dr. Harriet Balding, for giving us your time and your insights. It's really appreciated. Well, thank you for having me.